58. If a country is governed with tolerance, the people are comfortable and honest. If a country is governed with repression, the people are depressed and crafty. When the will to power is in charge, the higher the ideals, the lower the results. Try to make people happy, and you lay the groundwork for misery. Try to make people moral, and you lay the groundwork for vice. Thus the master is content to serve as an example and not to impose her will. She is pointed, but doesn't pierce. Straightforward, but supple. Radiant, but easy on the eyes. And with that, we begin. A little Taoism to start this one off. Ain't gonna hurt nobody. Welcome to the Whole Heart Truth, presented by the DNVR Podcast Network. DNVR Live. Search DNVR, the Whole Heart Truth, wherever you get your podcasts. I am Orin Lemon, and I am appreciative of you joining me for this one. Boy, I have been working on my style, son, and it feels so good. You, you feel me? I feel you. Um, you know, I don't want to do this like anybody else is doing podcasting. I come out of a talk radio wor- uh, world background. You know that long format. It does it for me. I dig that long form conversations. Give me more of that. But in trying to replicate that, I've always noticed that uh, the hardest thing to do is to get people to fall into themselves and less of the interviewee in an interview circumstance. Um, especially the people that I'm trying to talk to, because it's people from my my regular life, my real life, some of the most interesting people in the world. And you're going to find that out over the course of this here episode. Rad-ass conversations um, that I'm going to mash up with some of uh, the homies' slaps um, and some commentary in between. I think I found a formula, finally, that works for me uh, in terms of bringing you the most authentic version of both myself and this experiment that I call the whole hard truth. So, I'm not gonna waste a lot of time. Jabber John. They'd have never been about playing no shit. I ain't never been about playing no shit. White folks in the house, goddamn. Welcome. Um, let's get to it. I really do believe that you get the best out of people that you're talking to when they don't feel like they have to perform. Strip away the microphone, strip away the pomp and circumstance of an interview, and you can get to the whole hard truth of the, any matter. I really feel like that. And I have the greatest conversations with my people. So I've worked with this audio um, and I'm doing something different. And I hope that you guys enjoy it. And again, if you want to participate, you're going to sound like you're on a phone line too. 415-364-8623. They're asking for a friend line. All right. So now I'm going to kick it over to a conversation that I had with um, my brother. Um, You heard him on the first episode. That would be one David King, a.k.a. Avenue Dave. Um all the way from Gardena, California, and he and I took some time to chop it up about uh, black men and women and the relationships that we share and the dysfunction that exists within our community uh, because of a book that he wants to write that I'm helping him write. So without further ado, round of applause for my man, Big David King, David King Sr., uh, and myself. It's a whole hard truth. Appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Thanks. being recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> it's getting real federal. <laughs> it's weird, man, because honestly, bro, as a tool, I'm like, I'm always trying to stretch for the most uh, genuine conversation possible. Right. That people get a full representation of me and whoever I'm talking to. 
Uh, you see somebody in front. I've told you this before. You see somebody in front of a camera, in front of a mic. A niggas' representative show up real quick. You know, what mm-hmm. what this is what uh, we absolutely. do. You know what I mean? So uh, it's weird because you know I'm gonna use it for pranking, like you know, certain businesses and niggas. About, but it is something that you gotta tell niggas. Cause niggas is like, oh wait, you recording this? I remember. Oh, real quick. I remember when me and Maki was working on this project with our lawyer with this dude, mm-hmm. and I was like. Uh, we were in our meeting, and this is how you could tell this nigga was trying to get over. Cause he was, he was like, by the time we got to this point, the nigga was like, he was trying to get over. So I was like, oh no, it's all good. I'm recording the whole conversation. He said, wait, you're recording this? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah. That's what we did. You know, the notes of the. I tell y'all, whatever we're starting the meetings, and I'm, you know, I mean, the minutes is rolling. He's like, yeah. oh, I, can't, I can't be a part of you know. You, you didn't tell me you were recording. Oh, okay, because you had something. What you trying to get your shit off? Yeah, you trying to get your shit off, lawyer boy. Anyway, what's up, my nigga? Oh, man. Uh, up watching nefarious videos. I see. Wait, are you talking about with, uh, uh, with, with daughter? Because she is hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, nah. Well, shit, that was way earlier this morning. I was uh, like 5.30. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I was watching this video. These niggas, man. Niggas really ain't playing, homie. Uh, I don't know what the context of, I don't know the, the the prior situation, but it was like four niggas in a parking lot. And then these other four niggas ran down. All you see is sh- glass shattering. Uh-huh. These other niggas walk up, walking these niggas down. So some of them, a few of the niggas tried to play dead, but them niggas walked up on them and uh, <laughs> finished the job. Finished the job, bro. They was, I was like, man. They just play for keeps, homie. Whatever yeah. y'all did, whatever y'all niggas did, y'all did it. Y'all did enough for these niggas to, to execute y'all niggas in the middle of a shit, mall. Oh, nigga, you did it to death. Where you be seeing this shit at? You be on the dark web, nigga? Wow. Um, it just be sometimes I'll be seeing motherfuckers post. I, I just went on a rabbit. Oh, right. 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 Nigga, shoot me that. <laughs> That's a wild idea. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm trying to elevate my mind. And, uh, I still get, uh, satisfaction, essentially. Yeah. Vibrating higher is, uh, is a must. But sometimes I'll be in the... it's, something, it's something to be said, though, about humanity, bro. Because, uh, sometimes I'll be in the dust. Like, like that shit feeds my soul. I mean, hey, let me tell you something. I think niggas climbed out of the tree. Mankind climbed out of the canopy. You know what I'm saying? We've been on this evolutionary path, but all along the way, one thing has been consistent: the strongest have always survived. Yep. And part of that, part of that equation, is the weakest seeing the strongest survive, or the strongest. To be seen, the strongest that are survive. Violence is, violence is woven into in, in, into our hard drive. It's just in there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it could ever be removed. I think it could. I like what would a human be without aggression though? Like you just be a being. You know what I mean? Now that's not to say that that's uh that's not to say that that's not a good thing. That's just to say like you know what's a human without aggression? I, I don't. We don't know that. What's a, what is a, any animal without aggression? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just, well, let's see. Like, I don't think giraffes, no, giraffes probably box Giraffes be fighting with their necks. Right. Yeah, for sure. I've seen that. They fight with their necks. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, what? Now, and, and is, it, is, it, is it malevolent for a lion to kill uh, an innocent gazelle? I is say that all. I go with that all the time. It's really, it's actually beneficial to the ecosystem. It's not it, it, absolutely, and it's not even malevolence because it's like his intentions are not to. It's just like this is just what I when I see this motherfucker. That's what turns on. Yeah, nigga, I see. Food. I gotta kill this nigga, bro. He gotta go. He gotta I don't go. know the <laughs> gotta go. I gotta get him up out of here. You gotta go. I'm walking this nigga down, bro. Every time I see you, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. It's it's just it's just what it is. And so with us, we have reason 
And I'm telling you, I don't think it's good to feed your soul with violent imagery. But think about how much violent image, how much malevolence you encounter on a daily basis. It has nothing to do with putting your hands on a, somebody putting their hands on another person. I'm just saying in general. The malevolence ain't always violence. So. No, it's not. you could do worse to a motherfucker mentally than you could. Oh, nigga, much more. Some people will, most people would rather. Let's get to the fight. Let's get to the fight because it's mental anguish. The games, like the, the things that I take myself through, trying to figure out your mental ass, gymnastic ass games. Mm-hmm. And the government, that's, you know, listen, you would rather have a Dudarte, we was talking about that last night, in yeah. charge, than to have somebody who's rubbing you on your back saying, like, I'm here for you. I care. No, nah, you, you're number one in my, like, I'm going to get right to you. And they have no intention of doing it. As a matter of fact, they're working 10 times harder than all that love to keep out where you're at. You know what that's, I mean? That's malevolent. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Without laying a finger on you. Without laying a finger on you. There ain't no touchy. That's just, that's just from a distance. No touchy. You nigga with that long shot, bro. For real. For real. The distant turmoil. Yes, nigga. Hit you with the demon. <laughs> Have you feeling like it's all good when it's not? David, what is what could be worse? That's like it's why it's why it is why uh infidelity is so harmful because where it starts is a place of trust. Where it ends yeah. is I don't know where I'm at. I don't, I don't even know this person. This person I'm, I'm out of Yes, nigga. Because this nigga, this nigga or female, you know, spoon feeding me. Um, lies. Yeah. You know what I mean? The type of lies that hurt because they steal your sense of security because it was coming. It'd be like if your house turned on you and the mm-hmm. entire time it was poisoning you purposefully. <laughs> like your own house. You know what I mean? Asbestos just slipping it to you. Like, nah, man, give me the straight skinny. Are we fighting or not? <laughs> just just low dosages every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Taking that with ass down, bro. Purposely. This is disrespectful, cuz. I, w- I think to say a failed black relationship will be redundant at this point because um, black. But that's why black love is so fashionable because it's so, it's so, it's so it's a rarity for healthy black relationships. It's, it's rare, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's like a unicorn. Is it? How many black people? Honestly, oh, you know a lot of black people, don't you? But I don't know the whole. I do, but I don't know the whole. So, and I know a lot of successful black relationships too. I know. Oh, how many off the top of your head do you know? Can you think of off the top? My cousin Faye, uh, my cousin Janice. There are a lot of them I'm, I'm related to. Um, now you, but see, look, though, you're talking about your family, right? And your family wouldn't necessarily subscribe. Your relatives wouldn't necessarily subscribe or fall under that umbrella, like me, like we had talked about. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, though. So, but but to complete the point, I think that what needs to be taken into consideration is, and I do know that there are special circumstances that I'm learning, you know what I mean? So I'm glad about that. I know there's there's different circumstances, I should say, that adults and black people fall under. But I, you know, I think that we all have, as a, I think, black, white, indifferent, have a real skewed, <laughs> a real skewed picture of what successful relationship means, and I think that as a whole, Westerners, I think we fail. Westerners fail in general at meeting the actual standard of a happy relationship. So, I would say to me, my granny and granddad. Is a, exactly. I mean, she saw that she saw him to his death, and exactly. loved him, and they loved each other, and he considered her all the way up until his last breath. Exactly. My auntie Dolly and my uncle Gervis were that. Not perfect, you know. Lots, lots, of, lots of stuff in between. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But okay, 
you know, if 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 they're a fan, it's a tough place for me to sit, nigga. You keep telling me I'm not black, brother. I'm uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying you ain't black. I'm fucking. <laughs> We've already discussed it. I'm fucking. Already, already, I'm fucking. It's already been discussed. But what I'm saying, you know, like your family, you know, they they don't fall under the they don't fall under that umbrella of like. Black American, like if you you are just one generation away, for sure, from completely just not black. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> not, um, and when and when we always say black, we're talking about Americans. We're not talking about nobody else. I know, I know. Listen, I didn't want. I, let me not hijack it with with that chicanery. That was that was just me laughing. Um, no, I know that, but I'm just saying. Like when you said that, I'm like, I hear you, but yo, your family. Like your cousins and shit, y'all all first generation. Yeah, some of us not. Some of them, I mean, the ones I'm talking about are from. Some of them are were born over there. My cousin, actually, I'm from just over there. Exactly. Huh? Uh, actually, from over there. So it's yeah. like, you know, um, and and honestly, they really ain't even first generation for real because they grew up in a household with those traditions. You know what I'm saying? So culturally, they're not even American. Right. Okay, my homegirl, I went to high, high school with Michael Martin. She married her husband. Gay. I was going to say JR, but his wife ain't white. I mean, his yeah. wife ain't white. Exactly. So now that we, now, now when you really think about it, how many successful black relationships do you know? Monica. Um, I don't keep up with a lot of my people from high school, but I know a couple that have probably been married since high school, like Clarence. I know Clarence Harris been married to his wife since high school. She's black. Uh, my homegirl Talia. I don't know if they're, but you know you, but you know you reaching though, because you saying niggas by their first and last name. <laughs> I know uh, uh, my nigga Thaddeus. Summer camp with him. I, <laughs> I think I kept up with. I seen him on. Uh, I seen him on Instagram. Uh, he looked like he's doing all right. Now you 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 hitting on something. But let me ask you this though: Is that a condition that is exclusive? And I'm tell, I'm serious when I'm asking this. I don't think that that is a is a condition that's exclusive to black people. Quite I think. I think Westerners. I think Westerners just don't understand what to call love, and I think we jump into situations that. I think Westerners jump into situations that they think is love, and, and then some can power through it, and some can't. That's what I think. But. Okay, true. I believe that we we have a different um, we have a different approach to love and um, family, all the shit. Family dynamic, economics, um, all that shit. But but really, what I want to hit on is like. Um, Okay, so I don't want it to be that black people are exclusively mm -hmm. um, or disproportionately um, filled. Right. You, know, we have, you know, whatever. So what I want to say is, whatever else everybody else is going through, cool. But here's yeah. how black people need to be. Exactly. You know, because I always used to hear that. I'm like, there's a lot of motherfuckers that are fucking up, you know what I'm saying, and having their kids by themselves. Irish moms, fucking German moms, so let's not. I, I, I mean, just think about this: How is it going to stop when the the, the the incarceration rate is what it is? You know, when when I've used disproportionate, I, the incarceration rate, if anything, is disproportionate for sure. Black people make up how much? How many of the percentage of America? Thirteen percent. Uh, Fourteen or thirteen percent? Yeah, thirteen percent. And what are we like? Eighty percent of the uh, uh, prison population. Prison population. For sure. And a, the how large in the fuck are men? How in the fuck are black men being able to raise their children? That's right. If eighty percent, and there's, and by no means, if it's eighty percent of the prison population, there's no fucking way. That we're committing eighty percent of the crime because we're not even eighty percent of the population. Exactly. 
we're not even that. We can't even possibly if we all, if all black people committed crimes, we still wouldn't be able to commit as much crime as everybody else combined. Well, we're just we just catching a hundred percent of the hell. We're like, catching a hundred percent. We're we're hundred percent being focused. The focus is a hundred percent on us. You know what I'm saying? So, um, between the the the, the um the high murder rate, homicide rate, uh-huh. you know, incarceration rate, you know, this shit is going to continue. It's going to without, continue. Without question. So, um, I mean, that alone should just be, that alone, without even having to look at a fucking book, will show you, like, well, if you have 80% of, and I'm not saying there's 80% of black men are in jail, but I'm saying, we make up 80% of the prison. We make up 80% of the fucking prison population, all right? That's a lot of fucking people. For sure. For it to be, you know, if you think of however, however many inmates there are and however many black people there are, and then the percentage of black people, you know, math is my shit, so we could really do that shit. And you would say, well, that's a big chunk out of the black population. Right. And then, let's not even talk about the prison population. Let's talk about the, the homicide rate. You know, so um, it, it's so many, it's so many different things. The spirit of the black man is 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 under fire. It's, a, it's man, it's a target on black on on the growth of a black man, on the full on the on the maturation of a black man. Now, black women are just not even they're just not even taken into account of. They're they're beyond marginalized. You know what I'm saying? There's not even a tack on black women. There's just no emphasis or attention paid to black women. They're not even considered. You know what I'm saying? So, um, with, with, with the black man, you know, like, if I'm saying that black men and women should be together, well, how the fuck is that when there's an attack on black men? You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> I'm telling you. Um, okay. All these factors um, you, you would have to consider that make up this di- this dysfunctional um, this dysfunctional dynamic. Everything that you need to have a successful relationship in the black household or in a black community, which I use loosely because you know to have a community, a community is a is a situation where people govern their own bank, their own police, and their own actual government. Um. You know, their own economy. You know what I'm saying? The Asians have a community. White people have a community. Jews have a community. Mexicans have a community. The fucking Indians have a You know what I mean? Like, they all have their own community where they're able to dictate and actually move shit around and make shit happen. And they practice economic economy. Everything that it takes to just have a household. Like, when you, when you say, like, with a roommate, right? Mm-hmm. What do you need to have a successful roommate situation? Both y'all need money. Y'all both need money. Um, You both should participate in activities that don't, wouldn't potentially jeopardize your earning potential. You know what I'm saying? Because one of y'all are putting a burden on the other. Um, Practice, you know, hygiene and shit like that. You have to have good hygiene and you know, what else? Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, anything that would, any. I mean, you definitely would want to have not, not hygiene in terms of body, but no, mental, I'm talking about like, how, mental, like mental and emotional hygiene so that you won't yeah. be, so you won't be a fucking terror to your yeah. person you live with. You know what I mean? You don't be eating all your roommate's food or you don't be going through their shit or, um, you know, you don't want to be a bully. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be physically imposing to your roommate. If you guys have disagreements, so you need your, your, your mental, you know, mental health. You know, you would need, you know, mental health is ideal in any situation. So, and we can just keep going down the list, but I'm saying that all the areas that it takes, so we have a family, all the areas that it takes to have a successful family, and I'm not saying smiles and flowers and um, family trips every fucking summer. No. I'm saying that. 
But I'm just saying a successful family, a family that has all the resources and tools to be able to pull from each other and support each other and, um, you know, just the tools, all the tools necessary for that dynamic are um, either not available for black people or they're, they're, they're extremely warped. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but let me ask you this as a, as a pushback. What does that say about Okay, you know, I, I use this in this story only because when I found it out, I was like, that is pretty dope that he became that person, although he's a midget, so they all do. But Bruno Mars. Right. Bruno Mars' father raised him and I think nine siblings in the shell of a house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the shell of a house uh, in Hawaii. Right. So, that, that, and, 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 and to that point, he celebrates his childhood. You ever hear him talk about it? You know, either the niggas full of shit, right? Or we won't camp out there. The point is, is this is this story, and it wouldn't be the first like it. Uh, we talk about Dick Gregory a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything, all things considered, those circumstances weren't the greatest, and they still produced a man who produced a family that was pretty tight knit, if, if I understand it correctly. He stayed. Man, what I read about Dick Gregory, um, he wasn't the best father. He wasn't, but his kids celebrated. If you listen to him, they, they, they celebrate him outside of him being a father. They celebrate. They, well, I mean, Dick Gregory, Jr., Dick Gregory Jr. thinks the world of his father. He's the one that goes I think the world of Dick Gregory and never laid eyes on him. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, how could you not think the world of your Dick Gregory he's your father? You know what I'm saying? But I'm sure that Leo, his wife, would have, you know, <laughs> appreciated if he was a little, had a little more hands-on with his family. Right. Uh, but he was such a Dick Gregory man is a is a is you know that's a special case. Well, I'm saying like I guess what I'm saying is that people who rise from how many Dick Gregories are we? Can we? Can well, we, I mean because you don't know though. You don't know how many there are. Like there's a lot of unsung Dick Gregories. You don't have to rise to the level of Dick Gregory to be a Dick Gregory to your family in terms of cut out of some bad out of what you think is not the most ideal ideal situation as a kid you to me dave are dick gregory i to me am a dick gregory quite honestly which, yeah. which is to, which is to say that you know i guess what i'm trying to get to is when you when you said that what it it, it inspired me to feel like is like well let's not is it fair to say that the only way that a family is set up to be its best self is if it has you know money in place or you know what I mean the the conditions that you were talking about I don't think that it is I don't think that it is I don't think that it's 100% the way to to raise well adjusted people because well adjusted is is relative so it's just something to think about just an alternative point keep going um so I'm not saying that so that was just that was just a piece of it though that was just okay. a piece so I'm saying this Right, the economics, the economics is just a small piece. I mean, my nigga, you know, any country in the world, you know, I, I watch these documentaries on different slums, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Al Jazeera is a YouTube channel. Yeah, I know. You familiar with Al Jazeera? And they do these documentaries on different slums and different ways of, you know, like people who how they live and shit and you know i'd be i'd be thinking like this these motherfuckers work all day and work hard just to not have shit mm-hmm. well like just to not have shit like they do the most just to have below the least and it's all hands on deck it's all hands on deck. The wife does her little thing. She cooks. She raises the kids. You know, pops works at. You know, like for instance, I was like watching this one in, um, in India, and um, this family, the woman had a um, scrapping. She had her own business. She was a she was a hustler though. She, I, it, I was watching her like her company build. Like it was a, it was dope each minute. Her starting from like going to pick up this um <clears throat> pick up plastic scraps every day 
and she had enough bread to where she ended up buying her own truck. And then right. we like trying to cut out the middleman. She was a hustler. She was a cold hustler. And um, her husband was an older dude, and he worked, worked in somewhere doing some other shit, some other slum ass shit. And um, you know the kids, they helped cook, and they all it was like nine of them. They lived in a little hut. I mean, your typical slum dog type shit. So, um, I'm looking at it, I'm like, damn. We wouldn't even... Without a motherfucker wouldn't have be a rapper or you know, have all these... Like, even even just the career choices that white men want to be, choose, or it's like play, it was like playing the lottery. Every... Nigga wants to be a rapper, a football player. You have a better chance to win a lottery than making it to the NFL. And even if you make it to the NFL, you know, that's that that's where it's short lived because it's so physically taxing on you. You know what I'm saying? And the and the contract is the money is the least guarantee of all the sports. For sure. And, you know, you're most likely to end your career. You know, you know where they retire. At average uh, NFL <clears throat> running backs and shit retire at what thirty? Right. You know what I'm saying? Um. So I'm just saying all this, all this delusion. Like <clears throat> the black community, we live off delusion. But but here's the alternative: <clears throat> the pipeline for any sports, for most sports, produces the people that keep the sport going in terms of infrastructure. So not every nigga's going to make the NFL. But a lot of these niggas, and, I, and I've had to realize this just because from covering it and then watching where niggas fall when they don't make the league, right? So right. usually when we're in the thing, we see the niggas in college, obviously, CU, DU, CSU, and to see how many of these niggas ended up becoming coaches or physical trainers or – now, is it the NFL? No. Um uh, or, you know, because of their career in college, they did the right thing in college, made the right relationships, and their financial advisors. Like, the pipeline does produce success other than the people, is all I'm saying. So, without a doubt, without a doubt. Without you know what I mean? And that happens across, like, Anthony Carter's bitch ass is an assistant coach for the Miami Heat. I'm looking at this thing like, God damn, first you use the albatross around every Nuggets fan's neck because you couldn't hoop. Everybody know you couldn't hoop, but your coach loved you. And now you get to tell other niggas how to hoop? Like, that's weird. But that's what the, that's what those institutions produce. And they produce it on a large scale because there's the D-Leagues. The, you know what I mean? So that was just a point to throw in there. It's not always the pin. But it's, it's not really a large scale, though. I mean, it's not a large scale in the sense of, like, do you, well, have have have, do you have insurmountable talent to be a doctor? Huh? You have to have insurmountable talent to be a doctor. But you better be damn good at what you're doing. I think you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you don't have I to call it. You don't have to be. You okay, be. Wait, what are we talking about? Because when you said doctor, I'm, I'm saying to make it to be a doctor, all you have to do is you know just kind of stay focused and go to school. Do, do well, because again, <laughs> what I was going to say is when, when you say doctor and when you say do you have to be exceptional, I think about surgeons. So that's, let me, let me step up. Surgeons, you're talking about pediatricians, yeah. gynecologists. Right, for sure. For sure. You don't have to be exceptional. No, you don't. You don't even have to be exceptional to be a lawyer. No, that it's just going to just determine what type of, you know, like what type of lawyer you're going to be, the degree. But to be one, to to actually get to you know pass the bar and you be you know have that esquire attached to your name, you don't have to be exceptional. To make it to the league, you have to be the best of the best of the best. For sure. But what I'm saying is what that saying, it's just but, like, the, but the, the what I'm saying though is that the industries produce successful people that don't make it to the league. So then the endeavor of wanting to be and doctors and um, stockbrokers and um, you know white people make money in ways that we that we just don't even know that they make money. I could I, I could enlist all the ways that white people make money for sure. You know, living in, in L.A., you think you you ride through Beverly Hills, you ride through 
Rancho's <clears throat> birthdays, I mean, Palace's birthdays, you ride through um, <clears throat> Hollywood Hills, and you're like, you know, you ride through, you know, ride down Rodeo, whatever, and you see all these motherfuckers, you, you know, you can tell these motherfuckers got money. And you're like, I know all these motherfuckers ain't movie stars. Oh, nigga. Regular. That was the biggest mind. That was the biggest mind fucker being in LA for me was driving around. I know why I'm out here, but I'm like, how can you afford to be out here? How are you out here? How are you amongst? How are you living like this? Right. And it's because they tap into other shit. They tap into realistic shit, and they set shit up for themselves to be to just actually be successful and not like. You know, black people have to dream to be successful. That's why the shit that we do is so fucking far-fetched because it's like we don't have things set up and pipelines set up for us to be like doctors. You know what I'm saying? Just like out the gate or um, just business owners, like of businesses that, that can be success- successful <clears throat> at any point in time, of just, you know, having a chance to get a, um, you know, taste of, of the, you know, American pie. You know what I'm saying? Like, Black people don't really get that opportunity because, you know, what's the first thing they put in a school when they do these alternative schools um, or these artsy schools? They put a music studio in there. And, um, right. Now they're starting to embrace coding and shit like that. But, um, you know, it's like I know that – hold on. I'm, I'm cleaning up at the same time. I know that uh, you know black black children are different. We see things different. We we behave differently. We we look different. We, we just we're different. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's different. But I'm just saying, like if you know if you're grouping people together, we're we're a special group of people. You know, and um, you can't broad stroke. Um, and education, just even with people in general, you know, everybody learns differently and shit. But um, <clears throat> all I'm saying is that the things that we are taught or that we are taught to attain and the goals and careers that, you know, we're encouraged to, to chase are delusional. For the most part, you know, it's, I, I would even say, too, like, I'm a very curious person, you know, and I never thought that I would make money from the stuff that I make money from, you know, <laughs> never, because my whole life I thought that, oh, you know, I'm going to be a successful producer or, you know, whatever, and it's like, it, it's just another, it's just another thing, man, like, my, like, my family didn't teach us about good credit. Right. It wasn't even a topic of discussion. Now, you do realize, though, that that is not a thing that's exclusive to you as a black man, right? I don't know. However, it's like this, bro. You could say, like, most people aren't taught good credit. But it's like, I understand that. Credit works. <laughs> I'm looking, trying to get everybody. Most people aren't taught how credit works and how to, you know, play the game. But at the same time, I hear that. But then when you have a cocktail of other shit that you weren't taught. Exactly. Exactly. I get it. You know I'm, what I'm saying? Well, shit. Up. A motherfucker could take a, a you know, my my parents argued a lot. So I'm like, you know, you you know, a lot of people have seen violence in the household. That's not a that's not an ethnic thing. It's not a racial thing. No. Then, you know, you still have all of the other shit that you have to face among with that too, along with that. And I, I just think, say, I let think, me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And and this is this is real. And this is I, I love this conversation because. Okay, destitution yeah. is an American institution. Like that's for sure. You know, what I mean, that's not to paint a rosy picture. Like we're all in the same boat. I'm just saying, this place is a class system, and it works like that. So, 
in the the, the, the picture that's because if you go to Appalachia, you know what I mean, or, or certain parts of Indiana, all across the Midwest, you know what I mean, you'll see squalor on levels that you that would be slum like. It's like when we went to North Carolina, right? They don't got slums. But if you're driving through and you see how these niggas live, and now there you got the ones that got their money and then you got the ones that don't. I'm just saying, there's, it's slum-like conditions. Mm-hmm. So, what I, uh, so let me ask you this. What is it, and I think I know the answer, but it'd be good to just have it written down, I think, for your notes. What is it that makes the black experience in America, like what is the quintessential thing? If we have all these shared deficits... What is the one quintessential thing that makes the black experience in America that much worse? Like we were the only white in America. We're the only right. people slaves in America. We're the only we just came out of Jim Crow. We just came out of segregation. For sure. We just came out of that. For sure. Laws in this very country that we were not human. We just got written. It just was written that black people were, were human, right? Right. We were outlawed from bathrooms. I mean, <clears throat> that. I mean, that shit right there. I mean, we, we are just out of slavery, dude. It's real. The 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 the, the, um, the the surgical precision that that was required for the effects of slavery, right? The the, the, the actual results from the surgical. I'm saying like it was like them motherfuckers was surgical with the application of the mental, not only physical slavery but the mental mm-hmm. that that shit caused. Mm-hmm. Which is why you have gang violence, right? Which is why you have high crime rates in black neighborhoods and poverty and government dependence and um, <clears throat> food deserts, you know, poor diets. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just, honestly, everything I think is directly correlated to slavery. Okay, because that is so. So when you're when you're talking about this, I think. A, a key point would be to you want to focus on black relationships. Yeah. We have to cut away all the things that someone could say other people go through that. You know what I mean? Like food right. desert is not exclusive to black people. It's not. Um, it's not exclusive, but it's always in, it, it is always it's always an inclusion. I will give you that. It, it for the most part is always an inclusion. It's not exclusive to us, but it's always included with the black community. Always what I'm exactly. saying, though, is that I think that we could probably trace a line back to what, because that might be the fracture point, bro, that uh, the, the one thing that, you know, we know Willie Lynch, that one thing that we know that the psychological, uh, they didn't try to keep black families together. Right. So it's baked into the cake because, and there's something about breaking, like if you had a family full of slaves, but it was a mom, a dad, three kids, that that family, there'd probably be a spirit there that would that would stay tough. You know what I'm saying? Looking for an opportunity to get over on your ass and get the fuck up out of here. So right. maybe we could definitely use that as a line of research. Like, how specifically did they target? Because that's that's one thing that is exclusive. Like white families, Asian families, were never attacked from the point of we don't split y'all up. We, we're gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna fuck you know, with the Exactly. So that's something that, because I bet you we could find some, I, now I bet you you could find some really exculpatory shit, bro, that would yeah. really shed some light on, like, this is, yes, we all share a common class, climb up the ladder, fucking America is trying to, you know, put you through a maze to make it to the elite. We all are up against it. But in this circumstance, none of y'all have ever had to work out of this under your belt. Exactly. Exactly. I I would suggest really stripping away the things because they are easily refuted if you think about it when you know how America works something and, and when I say refuted that refutation doesn't 
take away from your points. But what you want to do is create a ironclad, mm-hmm. uh, free, I mean, a uh, uh, hater-proof case for why you're saying this is why I'm specifically speaking to these people. Right. Because right. that is also going to come across to those people that you want to reach. Right. You mm-hmm. For sure. Um, something I'm also aware is like, you really just are clearly hating. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Before I said anything, you had this position on this. For sure. So, you know, I didn't spark this in you. You already had this position on what I was, what I'm talking about. For sure. Um, and, and so I think that's, I think that's good to, because I don't want it to be a book about slavery and black history. But almost a book about black history and slavery. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a history book, but this is a book about how history has affected us. We are direct descendants of American history. We are. Yeah. And that's a very unique position that no one else can ever... And, and it's why... It's, it's, it's... Bro. Right. Native Americans are just Mexican, to be honest with you. <laughs> no bullshit, bro. You, you think it's a coincidence that they look like the Mayans? No. That they have almost the same kind of cultural and tribal um, uh, um, traditions and rituals and shit like that, and just like the look, they look very same people. Well, and the ones that don't, well, they, they, there's definitely a lot of combined features between that and African Americans. I mean, between blacks. You know what I mean? Like the wide nose, the you know what I mean? The lips. Like you'll find certain, like especially Seminoles, you find certain that they look more Aboriginal than they look, you know. Already. Exactly. And if you, you, know, if you yeah, read yeah. some people, if you read some literature, it'll say that the Africans were here before that. Yeah. The Olmecs were definitely, you know, you know, niggas was getting around. For pushing, real. pushing the line. They, yeah. they, were already, they had already touched the gravel already. For sure. Been on sticking move shit. Been on I'm out of here. That's why you see so many black women in Mexico, right? And you know that's how the Puerto Ricans came about. Well, Puerto Puerto Ricans were from slavery, but um, you know, so uh, you know, back to what we were saying. Nobody. For real, really, really, really has. Now, I can say this. The Mexicans, they lost their whole culture. I mean, I didn't lose their whole culture, but, like, y'all niggas wasn't speaking Spanish at first. For sure. You know what I'm saying? All that Aztec, you know, all that shit. Y'all niggas wasn't speaking Spanish first. Y'all got stripped of y'all's language. You know what I'm saying? Which is a motherfucker, man, when you think about this. Y'all's tongue. But, um... You know, everybody. Everybody has a story of oppression. Everybody has a story. They could, they could, everybody could, you know, do an entry in this journal. But <clears throat> to America, in America, we have the most unique. We have, we are. Our story is the most unique. Without question. Without question. And it has a direct. And I do believe that it has a direct correlative effect on the way that we relate to one another, man or female. I, I do. I do agree with that. I think finding it and pointing it out is going to be your mission. And, mm-hmm. and, and and making it, like how you said, you don't want it to be a book about slavery, but being able to repackage that. You know, the person I think about as your biggest detractor, when I think about and I don't think you need to be writing a book with this mind, but it keeps coming to mind for me, so I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. I think about a person like Candace Owens, who would say, stop making excuses for black people that happen. You see what I'm saying? That's a black person, that, you know. So then, when you like, it'll blow your mind because you're like, "This is a black woman." Well, she's having. Yeah, it's huh. like I would like to have a preamble, so to speak, in it. Like, look, by no means is this an excuse, but because you know, I, I do want to make it clear: we are grown. All right, more than anything, you're grown. You know right from wrong. For sure. Right? But subconsciously, you're not. You cannot compute your movements and the the way when you do something. You know, we're, we're really subconsciously doing shit. Yeah, niggas in your hard drive. 
For sure. You know, like we're like you don't know what you did until it's already done. For sure. You know what I'm saying? You gotta let that motherfucker fully download. You're like, oh, okay, I just did enough. Why did I do that though? Right. Right. You know? And it's like I'm making this shit for black people. You know, like, I remember, I'll never forget the con- the time we had a conversation with Lou, and he was like, my whole family was all centrinated. You know, whoopie whoop. Like, we're generalists. So I'm like, so you gonna sit here and blame your mom and grandmother and whoever the fuck else um, for being on Section 8 and almost shame them for it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they put, they, they was able to do something for you to show you a different way, to give you a different perspective, and to not be a nigga that was dependent on government assistance. Somewhere down the line, they they were able to instill something in you for you to do what you was going to do. Yeah. And I think that there has to be something, there's something to be said about a person who appreciates and respects the struggle that was before Oh, nigga, man, what did they say? You don't, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Maybe you look at it like that. I mean, maybe you look at it as just saying thank you for a nigga that didn't, you know, leave you on a doorstep. They could have did that. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, paying it forward is always about looking back because you're not here without the people that brought you here. You're just not. That's, that, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, my homegirl saying to me, I'm not like every other black girl. Exactly. And I'm like, it's, it's it's a thing of like, you're ashamed of being black. Yeah. Why would you say that? Why would you say that? You are like every other black girl. You're a black girl. You're not <laughs> you're like anybody li- else. Nigga, you're, you're literally like, like every other black girl. <laughs> what the like, fuck what? does that mean? <laughs> like, what? How would I know? All right. Oh, I'm supposed to look deeply into the depths of your soul and know that your mind works like clink, clink, clink. When it might be completely fucked up. And the way you say right now, it sounds like your mind's completely fucked up. Yeah, I'm like you, you like miss me with that fake ass black celebration that you're talking because right. what you just said was I don't want to be associated with black women. Yeah. I can say big loud things. I can be demonstrative. That's right, I can be. Are you a big man? Got my big boy pants on. Rest in it. Uh, we interrupt part one of episode five. Just take a little break, little interlude. Um, I did a whole lot for this for this episode, so I want to be able to give it to you in in digestible pieces, not just one big long rip. So, how about this? Stop down, remember where we were, step away, go to the bathroom, or take your phone with you. Grab yourself something to eat. Part two, episode five. The whole hard truth. This is how we doing it right now. My realest conversations with my realest ones. Uh, more in a moment.